Hello and welcome again to Objective Foundations. I'm your host, Kudwi, K-U-D-W-I, where we break down complex philosophical ideas for the average understanding of humans. Get a little bit of, a little bit of water here. Okay. Welcome to episode two of Objective Foundations hosted by Kudwi. Uh, this video is going to be uh, dedicated to morality a little bit and the philosophy behind it. Um, as you can tell by the title, I'm going to be directly replying to um, Cosmic Skeptic and his video that he posted in 2018 called Morality Can't Be Objective Even If God Exists. Um, I heavily disagree with a lot of his points and I think his points were very, very primitive, uh, which has given me the lead, uh, lead way and, and the chance to actually directly respond to this video properly. Um, but Disclaimer, um, this is part one, not part one off of my uh, video, but he has a multiple part video explaining the subjectivity of morality. Um, and I don't know how many parts it is because I think it would be pointless to try to address each an individual part um, when I can just address part one and debunk the whole entire thing. The reason being is that part two, part three, and et cetera is going to be predicated on part one. So if I take out part one, then there is no part two and part three and et cetera. Um, before we get into it, I want to explain a little bit about myself um, for the people who don't know me because I'm quite new into the, the, the podcasting thing. Um, but for the people who don't know me, I'm Cudwee. Uh I have 16,000 followers on TikTok, and I'm also a part of an institute, uh, Aporia Institute, that can be found on all platforms. The Aporia Institute is mainly found on YouTube and also uh, TikTok with a following of, uh, in totality, uh, 26,000 in following. So if you want to take the time and pause this video and go ahead and check it out, go ahead and check it out. If not, let's go ahead and roll the clips. She asked the cooler to imagine that he was trying to determine whether or not a dog had moral tendencies. What would we look for in that dog or in the dog's psychology to determine whether or not it's a moral agent. This helps us pinpoint precisely what we mean by morality. Now, Tracy argued that we would look for a recognition of certain concepts like fairness and empathy. And if the dog recognizes fairness, for instance, and acts in a way to procure it, we can call it a moral agent. Now, I think Tracy's great, but I can't agree with this. Um, I agree. I cannot agree with the sentiment that animals can be moral characters. Uh, me and Cosmic do agree on this point, but the reasons why it, it heavily differs here, the reasons why me and Cosmic Skeptic disagrees with Tracy is for totally different reasons. Now, the main problem here with that that was so glaring to me is that he was, he was specifically talking about a dog, right? And, and they're talking about concepts here. The concept of fairness and empathy. The main problem here is that animals do not have the rational faculty to conceptualize things. They do not have the rational faculty to conceptualize the mental unit of the number two. They only see two items and, and they have they have perceptual knowledge. They act upon perceptions and, and their perceptions is their thinking. They have no actual concept of like long-term thinking and, and being principled. They act upon impulse. As soon as they feel they are hungry, they will go eat. So the, the, the concept of fairness and empathy requires perceptual units to integrate them into a non-contradictory format to come to these concepts. And the fact that animals just simply do not have the rational faculty to do so, 
I can just totally reject this argument from Tracy, especially, uh, that animals cannot be considered moral agents. They don't have free will, uh, as we usually speak about it. They don't have free will, and they don't. They cannot conceptualize moral principles. So it's totally redundant to call them moral agents, even if they quote unquote act um, empathetically or or if they act. Uh, in, in, a, in a fairness way. Also, um, notice what attributes he picks out for morality. He picks fairness and empathy, right? So this this is his understanding. This is his understanding, his conceptualization and, and, uh, of morality is that to be moral, right, or to have such a concept of morality you you would have to be living with other people in civilization. You would have to be interacting with other people. You would have to be empathetic to other people. You would have to be fair to other people. Not only is is the attributes that he picked out is very altruistic, and I'm using altruism in the original context that it was used from Auguste Comte. If you want to check out uh, check out what his moral beliefs is, is that in short, it's Placing other people's values above yours own, above yours own, destroying yourself for the sake of others. That is altruism. Not only that, he he picks out altruistic characteristics or attributes of morality, but he thinks that morality can only exist in a social interaction. I won't point it out now, but his understanding of morality actually contradicts one of his points that he makes future on the video. We will get there and I'll explain when we get there, but for now, let's uh, move on to the next clip. Let me give you an example to explain why. Imagine we were to design a robot and we programmed it to be selfless. And so notice the word he just used there. We programmed it to be selfless. He's attributing morality in, in a altruistic context that to be moral you would have to do what's good to other people this is very altruistic and he's implicitly denoting to his own morality when he's supposed to be talking about morality as a whole morality as a whole is is about what's good and what's bad it has nothing to do with being selfless right so this is just his understanding or his misunderstanding of what morality means and secondly and this isn't the same thing an intuition that we ought to do that which is good and ought not do that which is bad okay so this is where cosmic skeptic messed up so bad and it actually got me really irritated notice how he used the word intuition now with a quick google search you would quickly find out that the definition of intuition is the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning now the reason why this is so important is because to be objective you would need to use reason to adhere to the facts of reality. Now, this is why he is so dangerous because he's he's pretty much begging the question, right? He's trying to prove that morality is subjective, but within the concept of morality, he implants a subjective term such as intuition. Now, the reason why he's throwing out the term intuition is because he's predicating intuition on his definition of morality and we will get to that in a second but his definition of morality is so bad it's it's actually pretty bad so uh roll the clip so i suppose i would define morality as the intuition that we ought to do that which is good and ought not to do that which is bad 
This definition is incredibly broad, of course, but with good reason. Now, his definition of morality is it's so bad and, and the blatant reason of why is because he implants the term intuition and if you accept this premise or if you accept the definition of morality that he is presenting you can never you can never come to the conclusion of objective morality because intuition is anti-objectivity. Now for those who are wondering if you want my definition or the objective definition of morality I would define it as a code of values to to follow. This definition encompasses every single morality that is out there. Whether you, you accept deontology, whether you accept commandments from God, whether it's utilitarianism, whether it's egoism, it is all a code of values to follow. Earlier, I said I was going to point out a contradiction from him, and this is my time to show it. So, number one, earlier he said, Attributes of morality are like fairness and empathy. Fairness and empathy can only exist in a social uh, interaction in a social context. You cannot come to those context. You cannot come to those concepts right being alone. Secondly, he said, if we wanted to be, if we wanted to make a robot into a moral character, we would code it to be selfless, right? So to be selfless, right, was to give yourself to other individuals. Once again, he's denoting that morality can only exist in social context. But here, in his definition of morality, he states that. It is the thing between good and bad. Good and bad does not depend on the existence of other individuals, right? If I stub my toe, that can be considered bad. If if I if I drink milk and get strong bones and, and whatever, that can be considered good, right? So it's not like, well, me drinking milk to get strong bones is good because I can help my family and, and I can be a productive member of society. No, it's it's good for me. So now um, he addresses a little bit more specifically what he means by good and bad. Um, so, roll the clip. But now, of course, we run into the problem of defining what we mean by good or bad or ought, since we're using these words in our definition. You might say that these terms need themselves to be independently defined within our broader definition. But the reason I haven't done so is because I believe it's impossible to do so. Okay, now notice earlier, and this is really funny to me, notice earlier that when he was defining uh, morality, he says that the definition is quite broad for good reason, and, and the reason why he was defining it so broadly was to encompass every single type of morality. Listen, Cosmic, why can you not do the same exact thing for the definition of good? Now, the reason he can't do this is because he's trying to measure what is good and what is not good, right? Instead of defining what is good. It's the same exact concept, right? Defining morality in its essence without denoting to what is moral and what is immoral. Now, before I give my definition of what is good, um, I'm going to give a couple examples, right? So let's say this. I stub my toe. That is good. I go eat McDonald's. That is good. I go work out. That is good. With all these various type of examples that can be quote unquote considered good, what is the common denominator of all these uh, examples? And it's quite easy. All you would have to do is ask why these things are good. The thing that they all have in common is that they have a why, a particular outcome, an objective, an end goal. All activities, as Aristotle pointed out, all activities cannot be done for the sake of themselves. They are a means to another 
means, and so on and so forth, until we reach the ultimate end. The definition I will give to good is the actions required toward an end goal or an objective. So if I say working out is good because it gets my heart running, right? And my heart running is good because, you know, I get to lose weight. And that is good because, and it, and it goes on and on and on and on to an end goal, which I'm not going to clarify right now, but it goes on to an ultimate end. Now, the way to adhere to the facts of reality and be objective, right, is is obviously we value the good, right? Whatever we consider the good, we value it, right? The only way to standardize what we mean by good, since good is predicated and dependent on values, right? We would have to standardize our values. We would have to make it into a standard. I'm going to quote Cosmic from earlier. He states that a robot cannot be a moral agent because everything that we considered moral is predetermined for him. Therefore, the robot has no free will. It has no values, has no freedom of choice. It cannot choose. It can only do what it's obligated to do, just like animals, by the way. But this is one of the main crucial points that Alex here is forgetting. And the reason why this point is so important, it's because what is the fundamental choice that we all have to make as human beings, implicitly or explicitly? What is the fundamental choice? Or what is the primary choice? What is the first choice we implicitly or, or explicitly have to make? That choice is choosing to live or choosing to die. If you choose to live, then the, the end goal is living. And as I previously defined, good as being the actions required to an objective or an end goal. If you choose to live, then the end goal, the ultimate end is life. So whatever promotes life would be the good. So now, how do we adhere to the facts of reality to main objectivity? It's actually quite simple, right? So humans exist. We have a, a finite identity. We have a finite nature, right? So it is up to us to use reason to find out the facts that promotes life and the facts that or, or the facts and values that harms life. We know for a fact that no sunlight is bad for plants, and we know that overwatering them is bad for plants. But if, if we just have the right amount of substance or if we add um nutrition to their soil it would be good for them same exact concept is applicable to humans now i'm just going to skip a lot of his video because he's he's directly responding to william lane craig and william lane uh, william lane craig had a terrible argument for moral objectivity which has given the platform to cosmic to debunk him so i don't really care about that um but i'm just going to skip to the part that um, that is quite fallacious, and it's actually very common among amongst uh, moral subjectivists. So let's get right into it. Dr. Craig says that atheistic morality can vary depending on a person's upbringing, their geographical and social background, their environment, which therefore shows that it's subjective, because it wouldn't be variable if it were objective. Number one, man is not infallible. So when I am mentioning objectivity, I mean purely the the methodology that adheres to the facts of reality instead of uh, depending on the products of your consciousness such as emotion uh, opinions imagination dreams wishes praises etc that is what i mean by objectivity and amongst the moral subjectivists they conflate moral objectivism with moral absolutism let's make this 100 percent clear you can be objective and wrong i will repeat you can be objective 
and wrong, i.e. scientists that didn't have the proper tools to understand things, they were being objective, but they were wrong. They adhered to the facts of reality, but they were still wrong. Now, to summarize the whole entire video, uh, his he just has a great misunderstanding of what morality is. And he's not a philosopher, even though he has like 80,000 books behind him in the video. He's not a philosopher. So these concepts, these principles, these contradictions, he may not, he may not have the, the, the proper faculty to point out what is wrong with what he is saying. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, that is the second episode of Objective Foundations hosted by Cudwy. Go ahead and check me out. I'm on all platforms, K-U-D-W-Y. Um, this is my refutation to Cosmic's video about moral subjectivity. Hope you guys enjoyed and peace out.